Hi, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the May 3rd episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at numbers 1005 to 1014 of the Catechism. 2. Dying in Christ Jesus. 1005. To rise with Christ, we must die with Christ. We must be away from the body and at home with the Lord. In that departure, which is death, the soul is separated from the body. It will be reunited with the body on the day of the resurrection of the dead. Death, 1006. It is in regard to death that man's condition is most shrouded in doubt. In a sense, bodily death is natural. But for faith, it is, in fact, the wages of sin. For those who die in Christ's grace, it is a participation in the death of the Lord, so that they can also share his resurrection. 1007. Death is the end of earthly life. Our lives are measured by time, in the course of which we change, grow old, and, as with all living beings on earth, death seems like the normal end of life. That aspect of death lends urgency to our lives. Remembering our mortality helps us realise that we have only a limited time in which to bring our lives to fulfilment. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the dust returns to the earth as it was and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. 1008. Death is a consequence of sin. The Church's magisterium, as authentic interpreter, of the affirmations of scripture and tradition, teaches that death entered the world on account of man's sin. Even though man's nature is mortal, God has destined him not to die. Death was therefore contrary to the plans of God, the Creator, and entered the world as a consequence of sin, bodily death, from which man would have been immune had he not sinned, is thus the last enemy of man left to be conquered. 1009. Death is transformed by Christ Jesus. The Son of God also himself suffered the death that is part of the human condition. Yet despite his anguish, as he faced death, he accepted it as an act of complete and free submission to his Father's will. The obedience of Jesus has transformed the curse of death into a blessing. The meaning of Christian death. 10.10 Because of Christ, Christian death has a positive meaning. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. The saying is sure. If we have died with him, we will also live with him. What is essentially new about Christian death is this. Through baptism, the Christian has already died with Christ, sacramentally in order to live a new life, and if we die in Christ's grace, physical death completes this dying with Christ, and so completes our incorporation into him in his redeeming act. It is better for me to die in in, A's, Christ Jesus, than to reign over the ends of the earth. Him it is I seek, who died for us. Him it is I desire, who rose for us. I am on the point of giving birth. Let me receive pure light that 
When I shall have arrived there, then I shall be a man. 10.11 In death, God calls man to himself. Therefore the Christian can experience a desire for death like St. Paul's. My desire is to depart and be with Christ. He can transform for his own death into an act of obedience and love towards the Father after the example of Christ. My earthly desire has been crucified. There is a living water in me, water that murmurs and says within me, Come to the Father. I want to see God, and in order to see him I must die. I am not dying, I am entering life. The Christian vision of death receives privileged expression in the liturgy of the Church. Indeed, for your faithful Lord, life is changed, not ended. And when this earthly dwelling turns to dust, an eternal dwelling is made ready for them in heaven. 10.13 Death is the end of man's earthly pilgrimage, of the time of grace and mercy, which God offers him, so as to work out his earthly life in keeping with the divine plan and to decide his ultimate destiny when the single course of our earthly life is completed. We shall not return to other earthly lives. It is appointed for men to die once. There is no reincarnation after death. The Church encourages us to prepare ourselves for the hour of our death in the ancient liturgy of the litany of the saints, for example, she has us pray. From a sudden and unforeseen death, deliver us, O Lord, to ask the Mother of God to intercede for us at the hour of our death in the Hail Mary and to entrust ourselves to St. Joseph, the patron of a happy death. Every action of yours, every thought, should be those of one who expects to die before the day is out. Death would have no great terrors for you if you had a quiet conscience. Then why not keep clear of sin instead of running away from death? If you aren't fit to face death today, it's very unlikely you will be tomorrow. Praised are you, my Lord, for our sister, bodily death, from whom no living man can escape. Woe on those who die in mortal sin. Because, blessed are they who are to be found in your most holy will, for the second death will not harm them. So very well, so this section again on um, death and the, um, and the resurrection is uh, very nice. Today it's full of many of the, um, the, the reflections of the saints. And I suppose it's more than anything helping us not to be afraid of death. That if we live a good life, that's enough. If you live what you're meant to live, not putting off your conversion, not putting off for tomorrow what needs to be done today, especially in the terms of the spiritual life, then that's fine. There's no problem in leaving work unfinished in this life. If, you're, if you have work that needs to be done, you do your best every day, but that's not a problem. The problem is if we leave our conversion unfinished in this life. And so we're invited not to leave our conversion, not to abandon the spiritual life, but to prepare for, for death every day. The monks used to, many of the orders of monks, used to dig their own grave. And they would take a teaspoon full of earth out of their grave every day they were in the monastery. When they entered the monastery as a young man, they would be given their grave on day one. And they'd be expected to dig it 
just removing a tiny amount of dirt there every day to see how um, th to have this um, aspect of death available to them, open to them. And we're invited to see what death is. That again, we're told that we don't believe in reincarnation, that some religions, Hinduism, uh, Buddhism to a certain extent, believe in reincarnation, that you keep on living this day, that this life, it comes back, you know, you're living it back again and again, and um, that this isn't the Christian vision. The Christian vision is that you live this life once, that this life is given to us, a life full of beauty, a life, yes, with problems, a life, um, more than anything, a life of the mercy of God, that we live once and that this prepares us for heaven, that this is the point, to prepare us for heaven if we wish to go there. And so we're invited not to be afraid, but to trust in the Lord, to see that he prepares everything, that death ultimately is like a sister, as St. Francis said at the very end of this, as a sister that comes to help us if we're ready, if we're ready, blessed are we. And how do we become ready? We become ready by living our lives seriously. By repentance, by turning again to the Lord and asking his help, asking his mercy, allowing him to take care of us. And this way we don't have to be afraid. There is no need to be afraid that our life has an eternal destiny. Our life has an eternal meaning. And yes, sin exists. And the very simple solution to sin is to avail of the forgiveness of God and to avail of his grace to avoid future sin. That this is what is offered to us. And so really, this, this section on the resurrection of the body is partly understanding, although we never understand this aspect, this mystery of our faith fully, but also it's partly an aspect of conversion, of being ready for death and not being afraid of it. So very well, so we finish this section with the in brief. 10.15 The flesh is the hinge of salvation. We believe in God, who is creator of the flesh. We believe in the word made flesh, in order to redeem the flesh. We believe in the resurrection of the flesh, the fulfillment of both the creation and the redemption of the flesh. 10.16 By death the soul is separated from the body. But in the resurrection, God will give incorruptible life to our body, transformed by reunion with our soul. Just as Christ is risen and lives forever, so all of us will rise at the last day. 10.17 We believe in the true resurrection of this flesh that we now possess. We saw a corruptible body in the tomb, but he raises up an incorruptible body, a spiritual body. 10.18 as a consequence of original sin, man must suffer bodily death, from which man would have been immune had he not sinned. 10.19 Jesus, the Son of God, freely suffered death for us, in complete and free submission to the will of God, his Father. By his death, he has conquered death, and so opened the possibility of salvation to all men. Very well, and tomorrow we'll continue, and tomorrow, uh, again, it's a short enough section, we'll have numbers 1020 to 1022. God bless.